Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hey everyone, uh, tonight we're continuing our read of Asha's point of view chapters with her final published chapter, The Sacrifice. Um, I'm Guile, I tweet at Door Podcast, and tonight I'm joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, and I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen Kama Splice on Tumblr. And before we get into it, I want to give our standard spoiler warning. We spoil the books in the show, and in this case, we will likely be spoiling um, some of the unpublished win sample chapters. <laughs> um, and also, uh, beware, trigger warning for potential discussion of, of rape in this chapter. I don't know if we will or not, but it's George. We, we probably uh, should just... Just such a good idea. Yeah, got to get it out there. So uh, when we open this chapter, we find that Stannis' army is still snowbound at the crofter's village they arrived at in Ash's last chapter. At this point, however, there are almost no fish left in the frozen lakes, but the southerners are keeping themselves busy. Uh, They are erecting some stakes for a burning. And Asha is observing this with Allie Mormont, and Allie doesn't really want to watch these burnings, but Asha feels like she has to. And I think it's because, you know, given the way things are going, she realizes that she might be next. So the southern men want to offer the Lord of Light a sacrifice, but the northern men think that, and they call him Red Relu, which I think is hilarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, he means nothing up there, and they're only offending the northern gods by worshiping him. And Asha thinks um, a pox on both your gods. Although I think... You know, she thinks about her visit, the visit that she and Allie Mormont made to visit the Weirwoods on one of the frozen lakes islands. And I, I kind of feel like she might believe in the old gods just a little bit more than good old Riller. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I got that impression. Like, you know, she was convinced yeah. it was blood. She's seen yeah, blood, defini- so. <laughs> yeah. Definitely more than, uh, I, I don't know if she worships the drowned god more or less, but uh, Riller, no, not not so much. <laughs> So we get to meet some more of Stannis' men in this chapter. Um, they're just charming. We meet Godry, Godry Faring, who is really a true believer in the Lord of Light, and Clayton Suggs, who is a true asshole. Oh, and, God, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Can you just say, though, that is, like, you hear that name and you instantly realize, yep, asshole. See, I feel like he's a boxer, Clayton Suggs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> or like, I'm just thinking of like, of Suge Knight. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's not what I was thinking. I mean, that's who I picture actually is Suge Knight, who is, you know, super scary. So maybe this works. Um, you know, and she yeah. thinks Suggs especially would want to, would like to watch her burn. And we learn that, you know, the situation with Stannis' army hasn't gotten any better. And I, I have a little charming passage to read. Okay. Yeah. They had been three days from Winterfell for 19 days. 100 leagues from Deepwood Mott to Winterfell, 300 miles as the raven flies. 
but none of them were ravens, and the storm was unrelenting. Each morning, Asha awoke, hoping she might see the sun, only to face another day of snow. The storm had buried every hut and hovel beneath a mound of dirty snow, and the drifts would soon be deep enough to engulf the long haul, too. And there was no food beyond their failing horses, fish taken from the lakes, fewer every day, and whatever meager sustenance their foragers could find in these cold, dead woods. With the king's knights and lords claiming the lion's share of the horse meat, little and less remained for the common men. Small wonder, then, that they had started eating their own. And we find out that um, it's actually four Peasbury men who had been caught butchering a dead man and roasting him on a spit that everyone's preparing to burn at this point. And, you know, Asha realizes that they're very likely not the first, but just the first to get caught. And, you know, the sentence is quite predictable. Let's burn them. But, you know, it really got me to thinking, like, what is what kind of a shitty sacrifice to, re- to how do we say it, relore, relore? I say um, relore. Yeah, like, mm. here, relore, have these horrible cannibals, and relore's probably like, thanks. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> you know, are these resurrections? Is that like relore regifting shitty gifts, basically? <laughs> like, oh, you give me cannibals, well, I'm just going to let you, you know, give them the kiss of life. I don't want them. I, I think that's the kind of thinking that gets a little girl burned. <laughs> oh, oh god oh yeah you they know, realize they have to ramp it up i mean it's been a long time since i've read this passage and i'm like okay see this does a way better job than the show ever did of showing like the desperation because in the show Agreed. it's like oh there's two flakes of snow there's like they an inch of yeah. we've yeah. got to burn her alive whereas i think you know with this you start to see how that happens where i mean what yeah. are the, the the issue with the snow I don't know if, if George has really thought about the logistics of this. And, you know, I sort of think when I imagine snow battles, I'm in my mind, I'm seeing like a light layer of snow. You know, I'm seeing some right. drifts here and there. This shit is thigh deep and it's still coming down. Have <laughs> you, like, have you walked and like, like when, when I was like shit. about Rainier and we were foolishly trying to walk a trail and this is like, you know, 12 <laughs> feet of snow, your feet are sinking in. You need like, everybody can't wear so how could you fight in snowshoes like i don't know so this is where we should point out that he's he's from bayonne new jersey and he, he yes. lives in albuquerque yes. yeah but it snows in jersey <laughs> not like, like not serious snow they're the type of i mean look those are the people that yeah, what the people in my inches. part of new york state yeah. make fun of them because okay. Well, yeah, I'm, the I'm people was in Delaware, which wasn't like you're you're Jersey. from the the frozen north, uh, guile in a sense. I mean, they're the people who go, oh, oh, there's a half of inch of snow. We should close all the schools, and we're oh, all yeah. like, fucker, we've got six feet of snow, and we're going to work. Oh yeah, you they know? close school here with no snow on the ground just for yeah. A yeah. I I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to think like, how could they? They really don't seem like. What is he going to do? Melt all the snow? What is Relore going to do? Like, what are they looking for? I don't know. I don't know. What like they... I don't think there's a lot of logic. Is the thing. I think you got to keep that in mind. These are people. I mean, this Clayton yeah, Suggs. I mean, yeah. she she makes the point of basically saying that he's particularly enthusiastic, or she, well, Asha. I mean, um, particularly enthusiastic about participating in these things, particularly when there are young women involved. He's a sadist. I mean, he's fine with burning people alive. It has nothing to do with his god. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, some people just like to hurt people. 
And these people, some of them, I mean, they're starving, they're starting. It's that mob mentality of, oh, we got to do this. And it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, they're going to look back if they survive and regret it. But right now, I think that's where they're all at. They're at a state of pure desperation. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. I was kind of like you, Calm, because like reading through this, it always bugs me that George does not understand animal husbandry in winter conditions because, no, you don't have to just kill all your horses every time it's winter and stuff. You know, like, this is not really how reality is. And, you know, it's just kind of irritating to think that they would set off in the middle of the goddamn north when they know it's winter and be so completely unprepared to be well, snowed in somewhere. I mean, like, you just to just wouldn't. be three weeks, you know, 15 days. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, would, they... you would know the chances of something like this happening. Well, they don't. Really good. But you, the well, northerners but they're would, not you know. on their own here. They're with they're the not, Mormons. With them. You right. know, these are people who should know. And I mean, I guess if we'd had a bit where, you know, they're going, hey, um, we should think about this and they're ignored, that's one thing. But, you know, it is kind of, you know, this is sort of, we always think of the five-year gap in terms of like Sansa and Arya and Jamie and Brienne, but this is kind of the other consequence of it because really, you know, if there was a five-year gap at this point, we would have those five years of people basically hunkering down. Yeah. 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 You know, and then it would kind of make sense, you know, like, yeah, we are going to hold, like they would hole up at Deepwood Mott for five years. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't, he has no conception of how no. snow actually seems to work. At, at and it's just unfortunate because it's clearly about to become a massive, massive part of the story. Yes. And if you know anything right. about how yes. this stuff actually works, I mean, you know, like yeah. I'm from a farm family on the edge of the Rockies and I just kind of like have to just be like, nope, stuff it, Chicky, just stuff it. Don't think about yeah. it. Don't think about you reality. Think that, just let it go. That's why I said I'm imagining like a light layer of snow with some drifts. Like when I see them yeah. fighting, right. I can't I like... <laughs> Do you think that George knows that snow accumulates on frozen lakes? No. <laughs> he literally has no idea. Like, he thinks I, that the lakes are frozen ice. with just ice, that there would not be snow oh, on top of it. Like, that I'm oh, 100% yes, certain. They're about. ice fishing, and they're talking about like, these holes like cheese, and you're imagining, yeah, oh my god. So they'd be digging not, through like, snow. But they, no. And since it keeps snowing, it would oh keep covering and covering. Oh my god! Okay, so what about the fish? This is a legitimate question I was thinking about. So there are some fish that just stay, or they? Okay, so how does that work? I know people go ice fishing. I have no clue. I've never gone ice fishing, ice fishing in my life. They're yeah, alive. I mean, they just are basically dormant. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't like leave for the winter. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, but I know. I was they thinking, do they deep. dig in the mud go, and kind of like hibernate or anything? They go deeper. They go deeper, and they're not as active to save, um, kind of to save energy. But I mean, yeah, string is just the the line is not the string. The line. (laughs) You could go fishing. The line is just really long when you go ice fishing. You're going. Yeah, I mean, part of my thing with this is it's like they fish this thing out in a couple of weeks. It's big enough to have enough fish. And islands. Yeah, I, I'm like, uh, you know, it's just it's again, like you just kind of have to like go, no, let it go, let I think it go. Like you're best off imagining it with your own imagination and not necessarily <laughs> yeah. taking it literally Literal, from his yeah. perspective because it's, it's weird. Well, it's sort of like you just kind of also have to pretend that Danny and is not like 15 and yeah, that yeah, you know, I do that already, so. right, these yeah. char- you know, these characters aren't as young. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway. I, these, Oh God! Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why it's bugging me so much with this one. I'm just like, <laughs> my head again. Oh. 
So these four cannibals are brought forth for their sentence, and the youngest one is crying, and two are walking as if they're already dead. But the fourth one is defiant, and he's spitting out insults to Godry Faring, and he's telling him in like really excruciating detail how the dead men, one of whom was apparently Faring's cousin, tasted. And um, you know, as soon as he starts in on Clayton Suggs, uh, Suggs just cuts his throat. And then Asher realizes, you know, that guy's the smart one. He goaded them yeah. into giving him a quick death yeah. instead of instead of this awful one. And you know, they have to hurry up because with the snow falling. Again, the wood for the fire would soon be soaked through. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Not yeah. soon. Like, how the hell hard is it snowing then? I, know. That's a- <laughs> I don't know. Well, and it's like, where was the wood before this? Was the wood outside? Is it the same oh, temperature? Oh, and it's going to be wet. Oh, God. God. Oh, my God. The wood wouldn't even. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, all the peat. Uh, Maybe it's some oh, of the peat logs. And this shit. is where we, we should start singing from Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Stannis is late to the party, and we find out that his squire recently died, and Stannis had, you know, stood vig- vigil at his funeral pyre, but hasn't been out of his watchtower since. And I thought we should pause a moment to remember and thank Melisandre, because she's the one that held Devin Seaworth back at the wall instead of letting yeah. him go to Stannis. And, you know, she specifically did that so that he wouldn't die, because she didn't want Davos to lose another son. So, she get, you know, Mel gets a lot of hate in... <laughs> In the community, but here's one that, you know, I think she she did a good one for Davos here. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a tough but, one to balance out, but sure. Yeah. So Stannis has been glimpsed upon the tower roof, however, and there's a really short passage that I want to read. Um, just actually a couple sentences. His grace was glimpsed upon the tower roof, outlined against the beacon fire that burned there night and day. Talking to the Red God, some said. Calling out for Lady Melisandre, insisted others. Either way, it seemed to Asha Greyjoy, the king was lost and crying out for help. Um, Stana, like, you know, we'll maybe save a little conversation for impressions of Stannis from, from Asha's chapters, because it, it changed a bit for me, and I, I don't know if it, it'll mm. change for other people. But, you know, Stannis arrives with Arnoff Karstak, Karstark. Karstark? Yes. In tow, and um, Karstark found them eight days earlier and brought 400 men, but no provisions for anyone but themselves. And mm-hmm. that was a quick reminder here that um, this is Rickard Karstark's uncle, and he's joined Stannis in hopes of hope. And he's hoping that the Iron Throne will be pissed and will execute Harry and Karstark, who's the heir to Carhold, and then he'll be able to force Alice Karstark into a marriage with his son. Um, and that's why Alice fled to the Wall. And then he's, but he's basically, he's planning to betray Stannis to Roos in the end. So, you know, not a great guy. Like, we know this as readers, but Stannis and Asha don't know it, don't know this at this point. Um, the, when they see Stannis, the men tied to stakes beg for mercy, um, but they're, pardon the pun, uh, barking up the wrong tree. And <laughs> George takes this special joy in describing the burning oh. in, like, detail, yeah. like, yeah, air around the, the cock balls? of one of the like, men that burning. Like, I don't think it's when you like individually start on fire. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I this, just like <laughs> this is why he gets so much grief. It's because it's so unnecessary. Oh, this why? is at this point of the book, there has been so much misery. Do you need more? <laughs> 
and you know, <laughs> the, yeah, the and like the boy's like screaming and crying basically this whole time until you know basically he's dead, and it's just awful. Yeah, it's gonna hurt all over. I mean, I know that hurts oh. too, but just the fact that he had to zero in on that, like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, he definitely. Well, look, we've all said. Uh, Dance with Dragons is a real dip into the torture porn, um, you know, genre. Oh, God. I mean, the the, the dude talking about the tasty penis (sighs) sausage. Like, in the the other section, we forgot to mention the cannibal guy was, like, going off about, that's the tastiest part. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I mean, you know. I'm sure it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it isn't either. I mean, just based on what we know about other, you know, I just, no. Oh, God. So, you know, Asha is watching all of this, and, and she pulls a Jamie because she's thinking, you know, close your eyes, close your ears, turn away. You don't need to see this. Um, you know, she's really going away inside, but I don't think, you know, she's as effective at it as, as Jamie's been necessarily. Um, well, she hasn't had decades to play. Yeah. You know, the Queen's oh. men are singing, but, you know, she can't even hear it above the shrieks of, of these men before oh. they die. And, you know, when they stop, Stannis walks back to his watchtower and back to his beacon fire to search the flames for answers, she thinks. And when it's all over, Clayton Suggs taunts Asha and he calls her the Iron Cunt and, you know, tells her that the crowd will be even bigger when she burns. And, you know, she knows it's true. The Northerners really hate her, both for her own deeds and then for what Theon has done. And, you know, she kind of has this funny wish where, you know, she wishes for an axe as she thinks that while some men had faces that cry out for a beard, Suggs had a face that cried out for an axe between his eyes. (laughs) So basically, like, early punchable face, more or less. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but, you know, she's also not without her defenders at this point. And, you know, it's Justin Massey, which I think we could predict, but then (laughs) Allie Mormont, which maybe wasn't quite so predictable. And they're both kind of like, they tell Suggs to back the fuck off, basically. And he does, because he's, you know, he is something of a coward and a bully. Um, You know, Allie wonders if, you know, if Suggs burns ash and the snow still falls, who will he want to burn next? You know, is it her? Is it him? Um, and Asha suggests really, you know, Reller just wants one of his own, one of his own true believers and Suggs kind of shuts up and, and gets out of their hair. And, you know, it, it is, you know, one thing that's interesting is in her earlier chapters, you know, I think in one of her first chapters, she just referred to Ali Mormon as the she bear pretty much. And then it was Alisane and now it's Allie. Like it's definitely yeah, gotten yeah, way yeah. more familiar. And there's these references to them kind of spending time together. Like they've obviously, you know, they are friends if, if nothing else at this point, like it's a weird, you know, weird friendship, but um, you know, they have definitely bonded. Very desperate situation. Yeah. And you know, they, Allie and Justin and, and Asha all talk, and Allie thinks, you know, Justin really hasn't won any friends among the Southerners by being Asha's defender. But, I mean, he just doesn't really care anymore. He invites the women to join him for dinner, but Allie has no appetite, but Asha joins him in the long haul, and we see the Northerners sitting on one side of the room and the Southerners on the other. And they continue to discuss what's going to happen next. Um, Some think they'll resume their march on Winterfell, and Justin is really the ultimate realist there. He's like, you know, if they march on Winterfell, hundreds will die. And if they reach Winterfell, what are they even going to do? They're too weak to fight. Um, Others just want to hunger down in this village. And, you know, they really, you know, some of these have just really completely given up. Um, 
it's you know they've obviously been having the same argument for the 19 days that they've been there and and we've certainly heard them have the same argument on the 30 some days that it took to get there and I I guess like this is kind of where I wanted to bring up a little bit of a discussion of, of Stannis because I you know for me this chapter in particular it really changed the way I think about him a little bit because he you know this is all going on, and, and where is Stannis? Where is his leadership here? And he really just seems to be, you know, exactly as Asha said, he's lost, and he's not doing anything. And, um, you know, it really it really made me re- reevaluate Stannis, and not necessarily in a good way. Um, you know, Kama, I know <laughs> you probably have Well, no, I mean, I would, I would point out, though, that she's not exactly correct in her assumptions i mean she thinks he believes and he doesn't um but you're you're not wrong i mean there are issues here big issues um for instance where is he he's got these men who are doing things they shouldn't be doing um but then i'd point out that some of these men while she may consider them his men are the queen's men Remember, there's that other contingent. Right, but, but, I mean, they are all of his men. You know, they are marching. No, no, no. I understand that. But, I mean, their loyalty is not to him. Their loyalty is to Sleece. Robert would have made them be loyalty, made them have loyalty to him. Yeah, well, Robert, as he said, would have, what was the line you so eloquently led around, or you guys read aloud last time, he would have gone in barehanded. And, yeah. you know, I, you know I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I think it's, it, but, I mean, I have... It made me disappointed in Stannis, frankly, I guess is how I, you know, mm. how I thought of it is I, I was disappointed in him. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, as usual, the POV structure is kind of working to, to let you have Ash's impression of things. Um, what my argument would be from the outside, you definitely can see that Stannis is having some kind of crisis of faith. I mean, yeah. just, just what we hear about the, the contemplativeness, the staring off into the wilderness stuff. I mean, you you just get the impression this is somebody who's doing an awful lot of like thinking. I think it's pretty, then, you know, realistic given the circumstances. That, and that we do get this little hint of you know the hint of a genesis of a plan, maybe when one of there's one of the scouts that came with them from Deepwood Mott, and he notes that the men have cut so many holes in the frozen lake that it's a wonder they haven't fallen through. Which you know, hint yeah. hint. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's a plan at this. You know, that hasn't really been developed at this point um you know it's basically they're having the same argument every night you know stay and die or fight and die and you know i was thinking about justin massey here and he definitely has no interest in dying um and i I wonder what his plan was you know was he ready to kind of slip away in the night and head to assholes because i kind of feel like that's what he was maybe going to do it doesn't sound like yeah he doesn't sound like a person who's going to sit there and die no and Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like, you know, he's in it for him in, like, the most elemental way, not in a, in a cowardly way necessarily. But I think, yeah, I mean, stay and die or fight and die, well, I mean, maybe I leave and live. <laughs> there's yeah. another, um, you know, there's something else there for him. So I'm wondering, you know, if that, if things had been different, maybe his plan was to basically, hey, Asha, let's, you know, let's sneak out more or less. Although I, um, I would suggest that that's... I you know voyage of the dam but okay I mean it sounds like they're in this really shitty situation weather wise they can't go anywhere I mean I think the 
the problem with those kinds of plans is that the time for that's gone. Yeah, well, supplies. I mean, except except that people can come to them. So, I mean, you know, you could be, you could start to hoard some of the, you know, you could try to hoard some of the food. You, you know, you definitely. I, no, I, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's sort of like they're underfed. They're emotionally and physically exhausted. They're being battered. I mean, you, you start to have, there's a limited shelf life for that stuff. And you're going to reach a point where you're just not going to be able to do any of that but you know i i guess that's a possibility so the car sarks are are trying to i feel like basically goad the men into marching on winterfell you know they're like march they'll defeat the boltons and the Freys, and they're basically arguing because they have the right of it because they have the passion and you know justin massey really starts to challenge them you know how will you take the castle with snowballs and like, no, we'll cut down trees for rams. They'll make ladders to scale the walls. They'll raise siege towers. And whatever their answer, um, Justin says they'll die and die and die and die. <laughs> so Justin mm-hmm. rolled his eyes. Gods be good or all you Karstarks mad. Um, I did want to – I'm going to get into the wind sample chapter a little bit because I think it, I, I did read that after this. And, um, you know, that's when the Karstarks – basically the Karstarks send a scroll – with a map that they intend to send to Winterfell with, I'm presuming the location of, of Stannis' camp and it's intercepted. And the, like the cars, Arnolf Karstark and his grandsons are either killed or apprehended. And Stannis um, insists on um, kind of questioning everyone else gently. And then he realized like how incredibly stupid this plan is because basically the Karstarks have just given Stannis 400 men that have every reason to remain loyal to him. (laughs) And they've given Ramsey or they could give Ramsey a map that shows them where they are. And that's the only way they can win is if the Boltons are stupid enough to come to them. (laughs) So yeah, like they've really like, yes, the Karstarks are mad at this point. They've really, um, unintentionally twisted this in favor, in potentially in favor of Stannis. Mm. So, uh, Justin Matthews, through his little outburst here, he kind of makes himself a target. This Richard Horp, who's one of the Queen's men, he zeroes in on the word gods, where there should only be the Lord of Light. And, you know, he points out that Justin has preached defeat every step of the way and wonders whose side he's on. And that insult kind of hits home, and, and Justin flees the room. And that also kind of ashes like, well, he didn't really, he didn't really stand up for himself. She kind of loses a little bit, a little bit of respect for him. Yeah. But she realizes that she's in danger without him, so you know she follows him out into the snow, and, and she gets lost right away. And this actually felt like George did know snow because basically she leaves the hall, and then she can't like find shit, and she's like wandering around basically he you know, ditched she, her he was supposed to watch her he's he probably i know like, he got all <laughs> pissy and it's crazy i was like what <laughs> and you know ash sees the ravens picking at the remains of the burned men and clayton's our friend clayton clayton suggs lurks up behind uh-huh. her and you know tells her she'll look just as pretty roasted um <laughs> and I, I love asha asha says a little silent prayer God of my fathers, if you can hear me in your watery halls beneath the waves, grant me just one small throwing axe. Snow is water, man. She's got a lot of it the around. Drunk, yeah. <laughs> the, the drunk god did not answer. He seldom did. That was the trouble with gods. 
Oh, but I just, I uh, loved her little prayer. I know. And, you know, because he's a dude, Suggs follows up his threat with a threat to burn Asha and calls her a cunt and threatens to rape her because, you know, that's, that's what happens. And this is like one of the more famous um, Asha passages that we hear. Uh, cunt again. It was odd how men like Suggs used that word to demean women when it was the only part of a woman they valued. And Sug was worse than Morgan Little, than Middle Little. When he says the word, he may, he means it. Your king gelds men for rape, she reminded him. Sir Clayton chuckled. The king's half blind from staring into fires. But have no fear, cunt. I'll not rape you. I'd need to kill you after, and I'd sooner see you burn. <laughs> so, raise your hand if you want Clayton Suggs to, like, really get a terrible death in the next <laughs> book. Like, ugh, what a... I assume one is coming. Yeah, I mean, usually George doesn't set him up this cartoonishly it's, bad without... You know, but... it's funny, like, these men with Stannis' men, he hasn't really given us anyone, you know, if you think about wins and, and who leaves... You know, who leaves in the scene at wins? Like, he really leaves Stannis without anyone for us to really give a shit about like, of his yeah. Stannis' own men. Um, you know, because Allie and Justin both leave. So it's just, yeah, it's um, it's a little odd that we don't necessarily have, um, you know, other than the Greyjoys, we don't really have someone that we really care about. Um, except <laughs> uh, there's this bizarre arrival of a group of horsemen. And Suggs tells her to run and warn the king, but of course he calls her a cunt again, um, because Bolt, they think Bolton is on them. But then the lead rider reins up, and they see it's just a dozen men, and they say they're friends, and that they looked for them at Winterfell. And Asha is shocked to realize that she's talking to Triss Botley. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, Triss tells her that the maid is with them, and the rest of their men are, are with him. And Sibel Glover was offered a handsome ransom for their freedom so that they could serve as guides by none other than Tycho Nestorus of the Iron Bank of Bravos, which shows that, like, basically, like, loan collectors, they have no bounds. Like, he's wearing his fancy hat. (laughs) Yeah, he's wearing his fancy hat. So, like, somehow this little group of men that are not northern natives have found their way across the snowstorm to Winterfell and then apparently backtracked to this little crofter's village. That's a good point, yeah. So they? it's just, like, <laughs> crazy that they... Um, so it's absolutely crazy that they found them. And then even more strangely is Tycho recognizes Asha, you know, Lady Asha, he says, and Asha confirms that she's Asha of House Greyjoy, but that opinions differ on whether she's a lady. <laughs> and he also has a gift for her, and... Uh, found by Moore's Umber, who is waiting for Stannis closer to Winterfell. And Asha's confused when a girl and an old man are, are dumped at her feet. Um, you guys ready for this? Oh. I know. Okay, here we go. This is the end of Asha's chapters. A girl and an old man thought Asha as the two were dumped rudely in the snow before her. The girl was shivering violently, even in her furs. If she had not been so frightened, she might have even been pretty, although the tip of her nose was black with frostbite. The old man, no one would ever think him comely. She had seen scarecrows with more flesh. His face was a skull with skin, his hair bone white and filthy, and he stank. Just the sight of him filled Asha with revulsion. He raised his eyes. Sister, see, this time I knew you. 
His lips skimmed back in what might have been a grin. Half his teeth were gone, and half of those still left were broken and splintered. Theon, he repeated. My name is Theon. You have to know your name. <laughs> and that's how Ash's chapters end. Um, Before we get into Theon, <laughs> I kind of wonder if the bankers and loan collectors have, like, a book of, like, portraits or something. I know, or- it's like that. Like a tabloid uh, magazine where they're seeing pictures of all the like, like the well, you know, members. like oh god, like some of the classes uh, in college, that the professors actually have like a book with all their photos, you know, so that they can recognize. That would be them. great, yeah, Facebook. like drawings, yeah, like, little paintings, and so like early Facebook is what no, the that's what Facebooks problems. were. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I remember getting, like, the freshman directory before you would get, like, a – it was almost like a yearbook, be- like, the summer before your freshman year with, that had pictures of everyone. Oh, yeah. So, of course, you know, you went through and was like, oh, who's hot? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my school is really big. Like, I don't know how many thousands of freshmen there are in a year, but it's, you know, quite large. And I literally met the guy that I thought was super cute in, in the freshman yearbook of my first night on campus. <laughs> Did he hold up? Um, yeah, he was cute. Good, good, good. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, and that this was before like cell phones and everything where you knew when you, you know, you knew where everyone would ever be. So this was totally just random. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> stories from my youth. <laughs> um, Theon does not look like his yearbook picture, however. Oh, um, God. No. So I have a lot of feelings about the end of this chapter. And I think it's, I have to say, like, when I first read Ash's chapters, it was a very shallow read, um, you know, reading the plot. And so there's things I didn't remember, and there's, like, connections I, connections to the characters I didn't make. And I actually forgot that um, Tris Botley and Carl the Maid in the gang made it to them. And so that was kind of a surprise to me. And I was like, before I was sort of, like, happy that they were at Deepwood Mott because I felt like they were safer there. And now I'm, like... Ext- I realize, like, I'm extremely invested in Asha, Triss, and Carl's, like, survival. <laughs> like, these are the three <laughs> that I really need to make it. And, um, like, it goes, you know, Jamie, Brienne, Pod, Asha, Carl, Triss. Like, that's my order at the moment. Like, I'm really, like, I, I have like, some fanfic to recommend to you afterwards, by the <laughs> oh, way. Okay. <laughs> and it is, it is kind of like, you know, you know, as, a, as we're recording this on Monday night, The Bachelorette is on. And I think maybe I compared this earlier, Asha earlier to The Bachelorette and maybe mocked her her suitors a bit. But now I'm like, you know, she's got like three solid guys. She's got Carl. She's got Trish. She's got Justin. Like, she's doing better than anyone in Westeros, basically. <laughs> I mean, Brienne has like one and a half decent guys. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, my God. Better. I never – now I'm going to – I'm just going to picture the Bachelorette now with Asha. Great, thanks. Well, I mean, she does. She does have, you know, not, and she's married, of course. It's just the irony. Yeah, they, and they are she's like married. three reasonably compared to, you know, from what we've seen of other characters. They really aren't that bad. I mean, and you kind of feel Tris Botley is he grows more and more in my regard all the time when you think, you know, he's stuck with her through everything. He made it all the way there. You know, it's kind of like freaking amazing that they made it there. That this, you know, ragged group of of um, Ironborn survivors. Like, I really am very invested in in all of them. Do you know I just if they brought any so- supplies? I can't remember. 
I hope they did. They had a lot of money, right? The bank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, except I don't know what there'd be to buy. But then I was like, you know, did they go around? So they, so Tycho Nestor's he must have been in King's Landing, and then sailed up the west coast of. Well, because he ends uh, up, and it's been again. I, I'm ashamed to say it's been yeah. so long. But doesn't he? He's at the wall. Well, yeah, they're sending him to uh, Eastwatch. That's right. Well, but he he was at yeah he was at Castle Black because John. He, John makes a whole deal with him yeah yeah so he's at okay so he came from Bravos to Castle Black and then he goes to Deepwood Mott and then goes mm-hmm. to Winterfell I think okay yes that makes more sense than sailing up the western you know the western edge of Westeros to Deepwood Mott it just seemed like crazy so randomly hey I'm here. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how closely, you know, the rest of you kind of followed along with Asha, reread her chapters, but, you know, for me rereading all of them and, you know, doing the moderating, I was, you know, I I feel like I don't know that I have an incredible feeling for her personally. She just seems like very much the every woman and kind of neutral and reasonable even you know she's not like down with any you know she's not super down with any of the gods she kind of thinks this is all bullshit um she's very relatable and very normal so i think it's really easy to you know she's sort of like what i think most of us would feel like in this situation well yeah what i like about her you know i mean like so many people in the world i mean it's like it's funny when she's watching like the guys being sacrificed earlier in the chapter she's like well, it's not like I don't, you know, just sit back and watch, you know, our priests sacrifice people for our God. It's just it's not this cruel and stuff like that. You know, I mean, like, Ash is very much, you know, like, not not any better than anybody and doesn't think of herself as like a, a really moral person. But at the same time, she she has a very deep ironborn sense of honor and stuff with that is really... I'm not going to say relatable, but it, it really does make her like charismatic and make you care about her. I mean, I, I've always liked Asha. It's just she has so few chapters, it's hard to get super invested in her story, yeah. you know? And granted, I've yeah. never done one of these straight through reads. But yeah, I mean, like, she's she's a very cool person and a very interesting character and definitely a good addition to the female team of A Song of Ice and Fire, oh, I guess yeah. you could say. And, you know, to talk about a character, like... How could you, well, I know if if the writers of Game of Thrones had read A Dance with Dragons, it's like, how could you read that and come up with that characterization uh, of Asha on the screen? They don't you know. know. Uh, it's yeah. like not even, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, I feel like they kind of made her Victorian <laughs> in many ways, you know? <laughs> they like did a little. To, they were yeah, like, I mean, here's a just, character, and here's what we're going to do with her. Like, they didn't. Yeah, and like buffoonish almost, and just... You know, all like ego and stuff, and it's like, God, that's so not. Well, like, and as usual, all. kind of like you know, not accepting of the feminine. Yeah, right. Which is yeah. is always kind of. And the then they made her gay, her. which yeah. I'm not opposed to. I mean, there's yeah, only, no, I it, didn't. It's really just like oh. I only really care about it in the sense that you know, I think she has like love interests that I also wouldn't have minded seeing portrayed on on screen. No, yeah. and I like I liked her with uh, Amelia Clark. I actually yeah. thought Carl that would have been yeah. enjoyable to watch, but it right. took with such an interesting character, and they kind of reduced her. I mean, 
they reduced a, it to like a you know it's like a stereotype. badass lesbian yeah, yeah that stereotype be- yeah i love that line of her uh, there's a passage she has in the books where she's basically like oh you're gonna reduce me to cunt you know yeah, it, yeah you just read it i mean and then they deliberately gave her that line to say yeah i mean just you know and it's like okay you know yeah, and and that's the issue. I mean, it, you know, George. I'm not going to say he always walks this line really well, but you know, with his with his Brienne, his Arya, and his Asha. I mean, like he has them assert themselves in in what is within the world a very masculine way, but not in a not in a way that they completely devalue everything that is feminine. Well, that you know, right, none of them yeah. none of them abandon womanhood enough to want to disparage womankind then, i guess and, yeah, and that's asha, that's what you get in the book that you don't have in the show well asha thinks about her mom a lot and she thinks like about how her mom like shaped who she is yeah and you know it's stuff def- i mean she definitely doesn't reject i mean yeah asha's a pot you know she's essentially a ship's captain a pirate and a fighter but i also think like i don't think that she's not feminine either like i think she absolutely is feminine um yeah you know, I think like the whole point is you you know, she can be all of that and also be feminine without you know, reject you know, yeah, like you said, she's not rejecting anything. She's, you know, she's every woman. She's she's Asha and I love her. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's a really cool character and yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's the same story with I mean, you know, not so much the the female warrior, but you know, it's the same story with Ariane. Every character was female character with some real depth and like, you know, not a hundred percent, you know, you know, lily white clean character. They just yeah. they don't get them. They have to figure out what stereotype it is that they fit into. They can't the nuance just is beyond Game of Thrones, you know. Yeah, and I mean Asha, of course you know, Asha suffers by just what they did with Stannis's arc too. You know, it really um yeah, yeah, definitely. Really, you really lose something. You know, you you really lost Asha basically, and you you know you lost Theon too to to bring Theon into this. Um, yeah, you know uh, this chapter is it's heart. You know this chapter is like kind of heartbreaking at the end, and then you know if you read the sample chapter, which I really I felt like compelled to. Um, you know, you're in Theon's mind, and it's you know so he's so jittery, he's so like mad, he's so nervous. It's you know, it's horrifying. You know, one of the things though that he thinks about is that, you know, Asha didn't even hug him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when it gets yeah. like kind of heart, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking. And um, I haven't read it. Like I, uh, the only one of the sample chapters that I've actually read, read is Elaine. And then I, I've heard um, one of the Ariane ones, but. Are you um, spoiler free? I, I know what's in it. Okay. I have a rough mm-hmm. idea of what's in it. It's, yeah. I mean, like, I think one of the most heartbreaking things about the end of this chapter is here you have Asha, who, when Theon came back to the Iron Islands for the first time after being, you know, a hostage of the Starks for so long, you know, she knew him. Mm. She knew him right away. And then here you have this. She didn't even have a whiff of, you know, recognition. Um, yeah. To be, you know, he, he actually has to address her and talk to her for her to know. I mean, like, that's so heartbreaking yeah. and, you know, for both and of them. Really. Yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking. And then, you know, when you think about you know, there are there are POV on this on this battle that's going to happen. You know, this this battle that you know we hope, frankly, you know we obviously very much hope goes Stannis's way. 
you know, they are are only look into it and they're really, you know, in extreme mortal danger, basically. You know, Mm. in in the sample chapter, Asha is kind of, you know, I think she knows Theon's doomed or she suspects Theon's doomed and she's, you know, basically telling Stannis that, you know, she's trying to keep him from being burned. So that's, you know, take him to the, you know, do kill him in the weirwood. That's what Ned Stark would do. That's what Um, I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, like, it's pretty well considered uh, you know, fact in fandom that, that Stannis is going to try to burn Theon. And, yeah. And, um, I mean, and I don't think yeah. that's going to happen, but I, it's still just like, ugh, I do think that Stan, I mean, I do kind of feel like he might burn Asha. Like, I don't think, you know, <gasps> except I do feel like Asha is the exact type of character that would make it to the end and make it to like a new, yeah. a yeah. new Westeros. But, you know, I, you know, like I said, I'm very invested in her and her, you know, and the Ironborn guys. I don't think it's going to turn out well for all of them. No. Yeah. I was going to say, Gail, since you brought up, you know, kind of your opinion of Stannis, I do think we have to consider with a lot of this. um, George leaves a dance with dragons with this weird cliffhanger of Ramsay sending the pink letter um, that says that, you know, Stannis has been defeated, blah, 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 blah. And of course, in fandom, we often debate and debate, you know, what, you know, who wrote this, what's actually happening, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, what happened with Stannis. And so I think a little bit of the mystery that you get with Stannis toward the end here is part of George setting that up, I suspect, because mm-hmm. he wants you to have no idea what Stannis is thinking or where he's going. Um, not uh, not that I'm saying it's, it's cool. I mean, yeah. This shit that, that's going on with this burning people. I mean, Stannis has been doing this since Dragonstone. Right. You know? It's I mean, more of the lack of, go on. you know, the more of the lack of leadership in terms of, you know, you, you yeah. have these men having the same fight day after day. Well, it's like, you know, no, they, sh- they should be getting more clear direction. Like, here's what we're going to do. You yeah, know? you can't just, yeah. I mean, it's true. You can't just sit there. Sitting there is dying. You, you need some kind of action. You know, no matter how foolish it is, it, what are people going to do if they sit there? You know. See, I think this is what happens when you send off, like, because the only other POV character we really have, um, who's like really part of the camp, was Davos. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. And I mean, the others like Crescent, we had him. Um, Ashes, we've we got her. Yeah, but well, I mean, they're not. They're not part of his like with Crescent in his prologue you get a sense of what happened to form him um with Davos you know Davos has been around for a good many years and he's part of the gang so to speak so you get all of that now you've got people who don't necessarily like they have different loyalties they have different experiences and they're not in the inner circle I mean well I guess we have Mel but you know, that doesn't really. Yeah. And it's, you know, so I guess like one of the things that happens, it's sort of like why we ended up with the Cersei POV, I think is because there's nobody else to use. So this is the problem with the POV Uh, structure. I think is that you don't always get, you end up with people who might not, I mean, like God knows her. We know she's her, um, She's highly unreliable yeah. as a narrator. Right. So do you think, I mean, I guess really, and so my, forgive I, me if I'm wrong, but 
Asha is really our only realistic POV into the actual battle. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, I suspect that if we had had Davos, that we would have gotten more because understanding of what. Well, where Stannis is is like where he does he believe in this shit or not? Because earlier in the other books, he clearly didn't. He acknowledged she had Melisandre had power, but he was never even an atheist. So I kind of. What I think is happening, but we're not really getting a clear picture because we don't have someone in it that in our camp, is I think what we're meant to see is that Stannis is starting to believe in uh, the god whose name I can't pronounce. Um, but we're not getting that from anybody who's in the thick of it. And I think that's where it's, it's a problem structurally. Critique- my critique isn't about his belief or lack of belief. It's about him communicating anything to his people. You know, that, oh, that's, yeah, my, no, that's I'm, my I'm issue. just saying, I think we're suffering in a way because we are not getting, because of the way the book is structured and because of the characters we have left. If so, that makes sense. So thinking forward to wins is, so really, Asha is our only, I mean, because I, I think Theon isn't fighting in a battle, you know. Ash is really our only potential POV um, of the actual battle, isn't she? Because there's no one at Winterfell. It's Ash and Theon. Until he adds someone at Winterfell. (laughs) Until he can't stand it, that no one knows what's going on at Winterfell, and he has to tell us by inventing. And then he realizes, like, why the, you know, hey, Barbary Dustin would have been a great. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, or unless we get things from now. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I think it's just we're suffering because of the POV structure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it, but I also think it's he is, like, ineffectual at this point in the story. I mean, like, you can say that, you know, I want to say, I mean, like, I feel like I'm defending Stannis more than I mean to. You know, like, mm-hmm. I love Stannis deeply. I've n- I've never not seen Stannis's massive flaws and problems. Yeah. Um, let me say this about the Stannis thing. I feel like there's actually a pretty marked um, holding back on Stannis's part. The way that these camps are acting, this is something that I feel like at one point Stannis would have been um, very All swiftly over involved down. in. Yes, yeah. and and because remember he used to geld down. the men yeah. who would rape women. He would geld them. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like considering that Davos isn't even there, I feel like there's a remarkable remarkable amount of restraint on Stannis's part, quite frankly, which is part of why I just kind of want to reserve and just be like, okay, let's mm-hmm. wait and see. I mean, eventually we will kind of get somebody near Stannis who will give us a better idea. I mean, maybe that the, maybe that yeah. isn't that Theon chapter. I don't know. I know. Yeah, he I mean, Stannis, he's but. he's definitely more. Um, he's more active in Theon's chapter, and he is you know that's his you know what is you know here's everything i've done what do i have to fear from you know the bastard basically like he's kind of oh, right. he's almost yeah. cocky he's he's far more in control or you know he sounds like he's more in control and part of that might be that at this point um you know he's found the he's figured out the car starts betrayal at that point and now he's got a plan maybe cuz he he clearly you know in that chapter i think you know there's there's a plan that's percolating. Whereas, you know, for this like month and a half or however long it's been, you know, there's nothing it's, you know, yeah. drudgery. And, Maybe that, uh, yeah, it causes some action to happen because he has a way forward. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun. We might as well really deeply discuss it, though, because we're never going to read the book, so we'll never <laughs> actually know what happened. Yeah, so and I don't... speculating about... And I don't know if Theon... I don't think that Theon sample chapter made it as one of our favorite chapters. It was close, <laughs> but um, I don't think it made it into the list, so... <laughs> You know, I don't think I have not read that. I've read um, some of them, but I haven't read that one. It's a really um, pretty much all of the Winds chapters, except for the Tyrion and Barristan ones. I think are good, but like, (laughs) there's almost nothing that would make me enjoy the Tyrion or Barristan chapters. To be perfectly frank, but like. Mm -hmm. The Ariane chapters are the last. I think the last sample released was an Ariane chapter, and it's good. And there's some kind of charming characters in it. It's just that it's her second chapter, and she still hasn't met up yeah. with John Con and Egan. So oh, it's God. just like Jesus. But well, we can say this about a lot of chapters that he's yeah. published: good, not not poorly written, interesting. Maybe don't further the plot enough to justify their you existence. Know, the Elaine yeah. chapter definitely does. Um, I think yeah, the mercy yeah, no, one does. does. Yeah, it's just the you know. What's her What's her face? Ari, sorry, Ariane. <laughs> the Ariane chapter. It's like, oh Jesus, I like well, all these people you're telling me about. I just, you know, it's well, boy, it's that there. It's that we know there are two Ariane chapters, and she hasn't even met Aegon yeah, yet. We know there Aegon. are two Tyrion chapters, and he hasn't even met, let alone oh, Danny, he hasn't even met Barristan yet. I yeah. mean, you know, that's what concerns, and that, and that's what is a sign that. <laughs> It doesn't matter if the chapters are good or if they have interesting information. Blah blah blah. That's fine. It just fine. means we're never gonna means the story, the plot, the overall plot is just not moving at a pace that's necessary for us to ever see this in our yeah. life. So. And, what, and all yeah. this hubbub about this um, Diana Gabaldon, did you see that? That she yeah. was talking I in Martin. And, so what do you guys think? What you Wait, any guesses on which character? She was yeah, talking I mean, to George Martin and he said that he made a mis- you know made a comment about making a mistake and killing a character and he, like he was kind of stuck or something and, and people were debating, well, had this happened previously or was this you know, this book, Winds of Winter, or this was recent to a recent conversation. Well, where she, does she, she come in? Huh? Who? Well, where does she come into this? Oh, she was Diana having a, Gabaldon? she was having She's a conversation a with him. Yeah, I know who yeah. she is. I've read Outlander. I was just yeah. curious as to yeah. why did she, they, they were shooting the shit as authors. Yeah. And he's like, I oh. wrote myself into a corner. And did she, he go, he asked her, he says, did you ever regret killing a character? And then he tells her he's written himself into yeah. a corner by killing somebody. Yeah. And she tells him to, and I thought it was at a, she was at like a like whatever convention yeah. you know, something with her fans or she was talking getting questions and she mentioned this conversation on how you get stuck as a writer. Oh, <laughs> and that happened recently. So you know, the I just thought it was funny that everyone was like naming off all these like really major characters and it's like this is George. You like my guess is Grolio. That is a <laughs> legit guess. <laughs> would be someone that he's just is... like oh, this minuscule like he just getting this little like his brain is going around and around but, like <laughs> you know he is a connection between other characters. Like he legit could be someone that you know he would regret and it be the way George is. You know he conflates these like huge these like minor characters with major characters and is you know 
fucking deal. So and she true. did, and she well, did and I just want to clarify because yeah. someone in the comments said that they heard Diana Gabaldon make this same, you know, little anecdote story last year. Oh, really? So it's oh, probably not okay. may not be as new, recent okay. as as was let on. Okay, so the video um, was recent, probably in the way she phrased it. So. You know how they all have like a little patter they take with yeah. them. Yeah, and she did yeah. say she did say that her advice to him was that like she said, oh, that's why you have to think of clever ways to get yourself out. You know, it was like she went on to say, you know, here's my advice to you and there's ways to get out of that funk. She was and... like, retcon it, George. <laughs> Amnesia. <laughs> evil twin. <laughs> um... Well, that, that is good to hear. That makes He's not that lazy a writer, although there was this one. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, anything, else on, anything else on Asha, anyone, as we say goodbye to her, to her POV? Um, she's been a great palate cleanser. I missed most of being on most of the episodes, but they were great. And I very much appreciate their existence as a break from Tyrion. <laughs> wow. You said that so fast. And I was like a prepared state. And I was yeah. prepared. <laughs> I, I love the episodes. I was listening to them and I don't have any critiques of the episodes, but it just sort of, as I was listening to them, it did occur to me like, you know, we, we often talk and I've mentioned that too. We also talk about how trashy they are, but they're, they are really supposed to be based on Vikings. So there is sort of like an honor with Vikings. There's a, you know, the, the whole drowned god is supposed to be related to North, you know, Norse mythology. So I kind of feel like there's, you know, rereading her, it sort of like gives me a little bit more, more respect and also her uncle. And, you know, I feel like there's some decent, I think in my mind, I'd sort of flatten them like, out to like a fray level almost uncles are the ones that make it all trashy i mean i yeah. think yeah. ever in her I think father the reader oh yeah Harlow. the reader yeah yeah that uncle that uncle yeah not the yeah, other crazies yeah, yeah, yeah. he seemed thing, normal yeah. to me i was like wow this is kind of refreshing so i think that was kind of brought me back to the idea of yes they are sort of based on something a little more i don't know you know vikings are crazy but they still have a sort of like an you know they have their own code you know they're not yeah. completely trash mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I've um, enjoyed them. Um, I don't have a prepared statement on Lake Chicky, but um, <laughs> no, I'm glad we did them. It was nice to take a little break, and uh, I can't say I'm anxious to get back to Mr. Misogyny, yeah. but you know. <laughs> so we do have um, we do have three special episodes before we get back into Tyrion, I think. So we have another Game of Thrones season eight preview episode coming up, and then we're going to do a special episode all about Heil Hunt. Um, I'm especially excited about that one. And then we're going to do an episode that the podcast Davos Fingers did an episode where um, people just queried them with topics like name your top five favorite castles or name your top five, um, you know, of just a wide variety of categories. And, and they kind of got their list. So I think, you know, we'll be asking for some listener participation in that over the coming weeks, but then we'll cool. do that before we um, dive into Tyrion, which, you know, thinking that, you know, kind of reading the outlines of his storm chapters, I feel like maybe it's not going to be as awful as clash was. Well, and we're intercutting them with Sansa. So yeah, I that's think true. That's going to be nice. And, um, you know, there, I love, I love her as a character, but some of those can be a little irritating too. So we'll have different, irrit- it'll be fun. Different ir- different new and exciting irritants. And then, you know, if Winds comes out, we'll just drop everything. And- uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And someday there'll be another uh-huh. Game of Thrones season. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Is there, any, is there any schedule? For, is there a date for that yet? Nope. 
Nothing. Well, if they're all yeah. starting to do things, like if they're starting to do these Comic Cons and things, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think gonna be filming done by... is almost done. Yeah. No, I mean, like Amelia Clark's been posting messages yeah. about like it being and yeah. So I think they're almost yeah. done with filming, and so then maybe? it's just you know. So isn't that sort of back on a regular schedule that they could come out next April or something, or is that too soon? You think? I would I mean, think. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they wouldn't need because almost two years you know, then, right? Two whole yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a lot more posts than they would normally have, so you'd think that yeah. would be enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, in my mind, I'm still sort of hoping that it's the Sunday after the Super Bowl in February. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be exciting. I mean, it just seems like it would make sense if you if you could have it out by then. That's like the marketing date that would make the most sense. That would be nice if they did bump it up, and then we wouldn't have we have like a with being holidays to break, or will they be able to show everything? Oh, no, you can show everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean you'd have yeah. Easter Sunday in there, but they've never taken you know, or you know, actually they probably wouldn't have Easter Sunday. Yeah, um, you'd have like really nothing. It would actually oh be like yeah, because it's so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, only six, six weeks. episodes. So oh, oh, yeah, shit. it would be. It's only six weeks. Why wasn't it supposed to be seven? Mm-hmm. Did they cut it? No, it was only last six. Seven. Oh, that's crazy talk, Clotho. Why would they oh. have all that time? I'm all mixed up. <laughs> Gee. So, uh, I'm Kamba. Are you doing mail? I am. This is the, this is the crack preparation you guys have come, <laughs> come to, expect. to expect from us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we have two pieces of mail. Um, someone named Georgie P. Uh, wrote in to say, absolutely loved, oh, and um, she did, um, the title of her email was Mysterious Gents, um, <laughs> and the now obligatory greeting, hi, you know, dear ladies, and, mis- you know, anyhow, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely love the A Dance with da- Dragons King's Pride- Prize episode, it was really fun to listen to. I found myself on two occasions talking out loud back to you before realizing you couldn't hear me. Also, on a side note, am I the only one that was disappointed that the Ships of Ice and Fire episode was not about the cinnamon wind and the like? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd love to talk about the cinnamon wind. <laughs> uh, really looking forward to your upcoming Heil Hunt episode. Yay! Oh. I hope and we then, I hope we fulfill expectations. And then Shelby uh, wrote in to say, um, "This was from a couple weeks ago, but we saved it up for Clotho." Oh yeah, yeah, I, I got to read that. I was like, "That's so cool." <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if I should be. Re- well. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm like, ah. Hey there, guys. It's Shelby. Thanks so much for answering my latest group of thesis statements. This one is for Clotho. Hello, my other half. Hello. We haven't talked about <laughs> cross-dresser Jamie in a while, so here goes. I recently read a JB fanfic where they hid in a brothel to hide from the Brotherwood, and Jamie wore a dress to blend in. Do you want a link, boo? Yes, yeah, send me the link. <laughs> I'm all up for it. I, I have, I have like little pet peeves. Like if it's, I might not, I might not be down with it if it's too, if if Brand's too talkative or you know other things. If it's if it's too show or too, but yeah, I'll, I'll I, hey, I'm a desperate at this point, and how can That's I actually- turn down like cross-dressing Jamie fan mail? Like how can I? <laughs> That's actually a great topic for the top five thing. Would be like top five, Jane top five dress. reasons you immediately stop reading a fan fiction. Oh my god! Yes, I'll just hope for the best with it. Maybe I could block it out. The rest of the stuff for for Jamie and Address. It's all worth it. <laughs> 
I feel like someone needs to dedicate a, a good Jamie Nadress story to you. So, yeah, <laughs> someone who could still function as as a writer at this point, which eliminates all some of us. us. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. I have not read in so long. I haven't written in yeah, so long. I haven't read in a while. So, what is writing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that was cool. Thank you. <laughs> but that's our mail. All right. So if you want to reach us, you can find us at uh, close the door end at gmail.com. You can find us at door podcast on Twitter, close the door and come here on Tumblr and Facebook. And you can listen to our podcast, which presumably you're doing because you're listening to it. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Podbean, and all, all of those places. And if you want to make us super happy and help us um, purchase some diamond-encrusted microphones, you can become <laughs> our Patreon, and you'll receive special benefits like um, early episodes and occasional gents. And by that, I mean occasional <laughs> special episodes. But occasional gents would be, like, more fun, wouldn't it? Like, we'll I send think that's you. illegal, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, it could be like a stuffed, like a little bobblehead of our guests or something, you know, which would actually be like awesome if we could do. So So anyway, stay tuned next week. It is Game of Thrones season eight update. And I think it's update number three. And we're notorious for the moment we have one of these update shows, there's immediately a spoiler (laughs) after, like huge spoilers, like the day day after we record. So I would think maybe next Tuesday there might be some like huge spoilers (laughs) dropping. You guys have good stuff to discuss since the last one, right? Yeah, we we do. We always have good months, good stuff to discuss like two (laughs) months after it happened. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see that it'll be new again. People forgot gotten at this point we'll just rehash it'll be new right and you know the best part of this is we have um we have a group that has been doing these preview episodes for like two like two to three years now at this point it's so our we are uh, we're veterans we're veterans in our misery so we will return for that um anything else anyone no nope. i'm closing the door on asha don't get out asha stay <laughs>